Our gospel reading for this morning is from Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 21. Listen to the word of the Lord. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This would normally be the time of year that we'd have our Rally Sunday. That time of year where families start getting back into the regular routine of church and Sunday school gets started again and in the next week or two our choir would resume and begin to get back into a normal pattern of life. Well, like everything else in this year, there's no going back to normal right now and whenever it happens, it's not gonna be the way it was before. Well, what we often call Rally Sunday, churches, black churches in the South have for many years now, they've called it Homecoming Sunday. And I just, I love that phrase, homecoming. How many of us right now would love to experience a homecoming with the people and the places that we love? Well, this morning, Moses finds himself far from home born the child of a Hebrew slave and raised in Pharaoh's household, Moses has never really been at home. He's always had a hybrid identity, born into an oppressed class of people, yet permitted into the ruling class. And as an adult, he identifies with his Hebrew roots. And so when he sees an Egyptian beating one of his people, he enacts vigilante justice and kills the Egyptian oppressor. But the people that he's trying to defend don't appreciate it. They say, who are you to be judge and jury over us? And when Pharaoh gets wind of what Moses has done, he has to flee as a fugitive into the wilderness of Midian. And it's there in the wilderness, when Moses is stripped of everything and everyone that he knows and loves, it's there that he begins to find his way home. He meets a priest named Jethro and marries Jethro's daughter, Zipporah. And he becomes a shepherd of his father-in-law. My how far Moses has tumbled from the royal courts down to Caring for his father-in-law's sheep, Moses has lost a lot. He's a criminal. 
he's a murderer, and he's an immigrant. And this is the one that God calls to deliver God's people. Now, maybe we should just like stop the sermon right now. And if, if you were here in the pews, I could ask you, now, how many of you this morning can honestly admit that, you know what, I don't have to hide it, but I, I am a sinner. I, I bet that nearly all of you would be willing to raise your hand. But if I followed that question up and said, yep, and, and how many of us are, are criminals and immigrants? I bet those hands would be a little more hesitant to go up. We are uncomfortable numbering ourselves amongst the criminals, aren't we? And most of us don't even acknowledge our identity as immigrants. But unless we are of Native American descent, and unless we've never broken the speed limit, unless we've never taken something that doesn't belong to you, unless you've never jaywalked, then all of us are criminals. All of us are immigrants. Are we not? From Moses to the Apostle Paul, God chooses criminals to do great things. And even Jesus himself, as a child, has to cross borders in order to flee Herod's violence, and he goes to Egypt. And so as a child, Jesus can rightly be called an immigrant. And as an adult, he dies as a convicted criminal. And so if Jesus isn't ashamed to identify with immigrants and criminals, why are we so hesitant? After all, God only saves lawbreakers. As one who is far from home, Moses is out caring for Jethro's sheep, and he comes to a mountain called Horeb, and Horeb means wasteland. And it's there that an angel appears to Moses in the flames of a bush. And Moses sees those flames and notices that the bush is not being incinerated. And so he turns his attention to that bush. And that's when he hears the voice of God calling out, Moses, Moses. And Moses responds, here I am. We're in Exodus chapter 3, but I can't help and think back to Genesis chapter 3, where when God is calling out to the human who sinned against God, and God says, where are you? As far as we know, in Exodus 3, God has been silent for 400 years. And yet when God speaks to Moses from the bush, Moses meets God right where he is. Here I am. I'm awake now. I'm paying attention. Many rabbis have mused about this encounter, wondering if Moses had passed by this burning bush many days previously, but it was only on this day that he noticed. He turns his attention to the presence of God right under his nose. The poet Elizabeth Barrett Browning writes, Earth's crammed with heaven, and every common bush a fire with God, but only he sees it 
who takes off his shoes. The rest sit round and pluck blackberries. What if earth and heaven aren't far away from each other at all? What if heaven is always bursting through earth's seams? What if when we go through long periods of what seems to be God's silence while we're picking blackberries and yet we are still surrounded by the presence of God? What if every bush is burning? We only notice if we take off our shoes and pay attention. Moses discovers the divinity calling forth to him from the creation. God calls Moses. And Moses meets God, not in a temple, not during a worship service, but right where he is. Here I am, Moses replies. God says, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet because the place where you are standing is holy ground. I suspect many of you are familiar with this story. And like me, you've probably assumed that Moses is instructed to remove his sandals as an act of reverence because God is so holy and demands our respect. Theologians love to talk about how different God and humanity are, always pointing to the transcendence of a holy and other God. Yet there's another way to hear this commandment. And think about it. When are you asked to take off your shoes? Is it when you go meet with the CEO while you're trembling with fear? Or is it when you are in the presence of someone who knows you and loves you as you are? Someone with whom you can be so comfortable that you can take off your shoes, bare feet and all. What if coming into God's presence isn't about coming into the presence of someone who is so great that you must tremble in fear? What if coming into God's presence is coming into the presence of someone who loves you? What if the good news is that Moses, this immigrant criminal who is far from home, is invited by his creator to discover his home on the ground on which he stands? What if God invites Moses and you and me to discover the presence of God right where we stand? God meets Moses where he is, and that's where God meets us as well. Not in a posture of fear and trembling, but in one of intimate connection. It's as though God is telling Moses, reconnect with the earth from which you come and to which you will return, for this is your home. So long before Moses can make his way back to the land of Egypt, long before he begins to journey toward the promised land, he finds himself at home with 
himself, with the God who made him, who has been with him every step of the way, whether he's recognized it or not. Take off your shoes, Moses. Be at home with me right where you are in this wasteland. Discover yourself where you are as the beloved of God. In 1973, when being interviewed by Bill Moyers, Maya Angelou said, you are only free when you realize that you belong no place. You belong every place, no place at all. The price is high, the reward is great. This is exactly what Moses discovers. God invites Moses to true belonging, which doesn't come from people or places outside of ourselves. True belonging is when you find yourself at home, right where you are, wherever that may be. It's when you know that each step you take is holy, because God is with you, because God is with you in the step that you take, and God meets you on the ground upon which you step. Even in this wasteland, you are the beloved of God. Others may call you an illegal criminal, an aberrant outsider, but God calls you by your name and invites you to take off your shoes and get comfortable Make yourself at home, for where you are is where God is. That's a lot to take in, and it's difficult to believe. Moses sees the bush, he hears the voice, and yet he still struggles to believe. He is afraid and he is unsure, just like we are, but his fear is no match for the promise of God. When Moses balks and says, who am I? God responds, I'm with you. When Moses replies, who are you? God responds, I am who I am. Are you seeing it yet? Are you getting in on the joke? Who you are is one with God. I know it's, it's scary to say, but it's true. And when we dare to find our belonging where we are and not in other people or in places, the price is high and the reward is great. The price for Moses getting involved is the struggle for liberation. God doesn't call Moses simply to know his own freedom. God calls Moses to be a part of the freedom struggle for all of God's people. It's time to roll up your sleeves, Moses, and enter the struggle because none of us are free until all of us are free. And in our time, the Spirit of God is calling us once more to enter into the struggle for freedom. And yes, the cost is high. 
It might cost you everything you have, even your own life. But what's the alternative? Jesus said, if anybody wants to be my follower, let them take up their cross and follow me, deny themselves. If anyone wants to save their life, they will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake, they will find it. See, finding your life is all about homecoming. Finding your home in God and joining the struggle for freedom. The road to freedom is long, but it starts and it ends in the same place, which is coming home to love. Amen.